Hey, it's Bob Fibbs, The Retail Doc. Thanks for joining me on my podcast, Tell Me Something Good About Retail, where I interview some of the best entrepreneurs and retailers and people who deal with retail in a new and exciting podcast format each week. So join me live here, or you can also find out more about me at retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. Let's get going. This week, I interview Hillary Blair, CEO of Articulate Real and Clear on how to prevent misunderstandings with your subordinates, how breath and consonants make a big difference when talking with younger coworkers, and how to create habits to succeed, not sabotage ourselves. Take a listen. I am Hillary Blair, and I run a company that uses the skills of the performer with all kinds of people in business to enhance their communication skills. So what they think they are trying to communicate lands on the listener as what they actually were trying to communicate. Wait a minute. If I'm talking to someone, doesn't that mean they understand me? (laughs) (laughs) Have you not lived life? (laughs) Well, if only, if only that would be fantastic. Lori is just a great uh, soul. She's so energetic and so fun. And uh, we got to know each other only about six months ago. And you were sharing how, you had started off at a little company uh, out in Massachusetts uh, somehow, uh, a little local uh, store, restaurant, right? What was that? Yes. I started out working like everybody does when you grow up in a resort town with all the different businesses. And I started with the Black Dog. The Black Dog started on Martha's Vineyard. The one with the cool logo. I'm a townie from Martha's Vineyard. With cool yeah, with the cool, totally yeah. with the dog. And I started out in the bakery. And in the bakery, we had T-shirts. You know, it's always good to say, now the T-shirts are this crazy, massive business with catalogs and stores everywhere. And going back to when I was a kid, (laughs) I'm behind the counter, you come in, you're the annoying summer person, and I'm like, ah, right? Because I roll my eyes because I'm a townie. And you want a T-shirt, and I haul a chair over, and I step on the chair because I'm not very tall, and I reach up to this cupboard that's too high. I open, I unlock it, I open it, and I show you two different designs of T-shirts, one with a black dog and one with this boat on it. And I go, you know, do you want one of these? And I go, these are the colors we have, and these are the sizes. This is it. Like, it's two little stacks of T-shirts. No one believes me when they hear that, right? Because now it's this crazy business, and that black dog logo is on everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. did yep. you ever think that you would be <laughs> um, looking at communication skills when you were begrudgingly pulling out a T-shirt uh, for these uh, summer people? <laughs> no. No, and I think I thought that was part of the charm, right? To be the townie who, like, rolls their eyes. Like, it comes with the territory, right? <laughs> yeah. I was a taxi driver, too. When I was a taxi driver on the island, I tried out different personalities to see who got tipped better. And who, who, who gets the worst? Yeah, the, wor- the, the worst was the eager, nerdy person that I am at heart. And the person who got better tips was had a little bit of attitude, was the townie with a little bit of attitude. Wow. I don't know. Maybe they're hoping I would get off the island if they gave me more money. I don't know. What wow, happened Wow, so there? maybe that's what I should be <laughs> telling people in the restaurant business, that you're way no. too welcoming. Well, I think maybe I was a little intrusive is what I'm thinking. You? Right? I think, uh, I know, right? (laughs) Shocking. So I think when I was that really eager, hey, what's up? I think it was too much. 
And so it's that middle of the road where you're polite, but give them, I mean, they're on vacation, right? Give them some space. Yeah. Well, I made my name. My first yeah. client was actually in Newport Beach, California, and a little a little uh, hotel, about 24 rooms. And, um, you know, it goes both sides on, on vacation. You know, I remember this yeah. one guy, he came in and he come marching down the stairs. You could hear him. It was on the third floor. He come marching down the stairs. You could just hear this bump, 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 bump. After he checked in, he goes, this room was supposed to have two rooms and it only has one bedroom. And the employee is just kind of thinking like, okay, how do I say this? And he's looking to me and I'm kind of like, <laughs> okay, I go, um, you know, you just came in from Phoenix and that's a long, what is that? Six hours, eight hours with my kids. It's like eight hour drive. Okay. And um, you probably just walked in and opened the door right to the left. He goes, yes. And I go, I don't know really how to say this an easy way, but if you had just shut that door, you would have seen the other door into the other bedroom. And I'm sorry, but that's kind of it. And he like didn't say anything, embarrassed, goes up, comes down like an hour later. I'm so embarrassed, dude. It's like, it's perfectly all right. You are. You are on vacation. You don't have to be rational. I'm good with that, right? I'm good with that. Right. I'm good with that. Yep. Well, I, I love speaking about um, your background because you have been a performer. You are a performer. You're a professional speaker. You're a professional speech coach, uh, trainer. Um, and we have an awful lot of overlap. And what I particularly like uh i think about both of us is how do i get people to open their hearts to another human being in a world that pretty much says you know um people don't want to be talked to and i want to hold all my cards uh to close to my chest and you know i was what do you think is that sound about right i mean is that the world we work yeah. in yes and i'm going to say a weird thing I'm going to say the way you get people to open their heart and their wallets and their, you know, their needs is this is going to be weird through voice is through the vowels and your breath. So I've been doing, I've been a voiceover actor for a long time. And this isn't about being fake. I'm not talking about being fake. We don't want that. What I'm talking about is that our voice rides in our breath. Our breath is who we are and our inspiration and all of that. And when we cut off our breath, we are, quote unquote, playing it safe. We can't cut it off fully because our voice, you know, you have to have some breath to make sound. But the tighter our breath, the less we're sharing. I'm doing it now. My voice is shifting. Yeah. It may not carry quite as well over this signal, but some, right? So it's tighter. I'm not sharing as much of me, and now I'm talking more inside my mouth. Then when I let the breath flow and I let the words float out and I am sharing the breath out, I'm sharing more of me. And that breath is our vulnerability. And when there are, is more vo vowel sound being used in our speech, there's more breath and people can con connect to us in a better way. So a quick little way that I use to explain this is the trick of what do we say to babies? We go, oh, oh, right? We, it's all vowel energy, yeah. right? We rarely do this to a little baby, like, or <laughs> Right. We just don't, we just don't do that. Right. But what do teenagers do? It's all consonants with very little vowel. And if they add vowel to, you know, the old people around them, it has a little sarcasm like Tuh, right? Mm. has that energy. We don't think about our vowels and our consonants as much. It's not something that we talk about, except when you're a voiceover actor or even a stage actor, right? When we're learning Shakespeare, as crazy as it is, my Shakespeare training helped me with my commercial work when I was a voiceover actor doing mostly commercials. It was incredible how much came through, how much of that training came through. And back to your original question, how do you connect? You connect by being vulnerable, and vulnerability shows up in our voice by having the breath flow. Wow, that's amazing. And I really could hear the difference with that, Hillary. I really love that, you know. 
now I'm, of course, very conscious of, am I used to, <laughs> oh, Hillary, oh, oh, right? but you know, I'm a conductor, yeah. I was a choral director, and yeah. um, the breath has always been where everything lies, uh, is how does it sit, and you take a breath in, it's like that fish hook that comes in and fills up, but when, yeah. but let's face it, you know, when people are... Um, in retail, a lot of times they're afraid of yeah. someone is going to sure. hurt them or a customer's going to say something. So it's kind of like eat before being eaten, isn't it? I mean, yes, yes, absolutely. And it is, and it's helpful to know, like, okay, what happened? If we're aware enough to, to know that's what just shifted in my voice or that's what's just shifted in their voice. So it helps on both sides, mm. right? oh, their voice just shifted. Somehow I made them defensive. We may be picking up on it in other ways, but often the voice is the first place. And if they start closing up a little, talking about mirroring, right? People say we should mirror in order to connect with people. And yet, who starts the mirror? So in retail, when we work with salespeople, because we work a lot with salespeople, not on teaching sales, believe me. We, that's not our area of expertise. What we're great at is activating the skills that you all already have. And so playing with the idea of if you open up your voice first, then they can mirror that, right? Let's put it in body language. As a teacher, when I was early being trained, one of my great teachers with young kids would say, open up your body and then they'll follow you. Not that if they're closed up, I should be closed up. If uh -huh. I open up, then I start to see when they're opened up. So vocally, and wait a minute, I want to jump because I jump. That's how I am. I also want to say that we have instincts to protect ourselves. We are always, our bodies are doing things to keep us safe. So as leaders, as salespeople, as human beings moving through the world, we have to consciously decide, am I overriding what my body is suggesting to keep me safe? So when you cut off your voice, when we cut off our nonverbals, whatever we do, right? It's because someone's being icky, scary, rude. And so we get to decide, okay, yeah, can I override? Is it cool for me to override and open up well, to let's, them? Well, let's, let's unpack that before you, get, good. To, before yeah. you get to the O. Yeah. Uh, but, but to your point, the dinosaur brain is what told you, like, yes. I can't trust this guy or something's <laughs> totally. wrong or this boss is going to, you know, call me out or something. Yeah. It'd be fascinating. And so you're consciously, you know, I talk a lot, a lot I mean, a lot of people do, choosing what is comes out of your mouth with right the the worst thing yes. is that you know there's this driverless car body walking around just <laughs> not being driven and whatever bumps into it says whatever it feels so you're saying yeah. that the body understands something might be happening and you are saying okay i hear that but i have to override you is that what you're saying or do I want to? So what we'll say is, right, we create habits to succeed, not to sabotage ourselves. So if I cut off, if I start using a weird voice because I'm not feeling comfortable with this person who's in my store with me, right, they're there, they're being rude, do I, then I get to say, no, actually, I don't, that is not worth the risk. That person is not worth me opening up. Or you can say, oh, they're having a bad day. I bet I can open up. I get to choose to be vulnerable and meet them where they are and help them have a better day and serve them that way. So we get a choice. And we, so what I say is honor your habits. Your habits are trying to keep you safe. Do we go with what our instinct is doing or do we override it? And it's always Well, a my goal would always be to try to be that second person. <laughs> 
to try to make their life (laughs) right we have no idea that somebody's probably got a kid that's in rehab and the mom with alzheimer's or a million right that they're they're not all you're seeing is this one percent of a human being right yes yep so you get to go there and you, and it's a choice, right? So recognizing that your body will just say, oh, not kind person. This is not safe. You know, you know, beware, beware, beware. And you get to decide, I get it. But they're having, as you just said, so many things may be going on. I'm going to override that and remain open and vulnerable. Interesting. So honoring, honoring our system, our body system for what it's trying to do for us. And then we're like, no, we're going to be that open yeah, person. I, I was yeah. just thinking flashing on choirs when I've, you know, uh, I stayed with Rod Eichenberger, who was really big at uh, USC and taught us all about yeah. the way that uh, the hands are what you have no idea. You choir looks, sounds like the way you look and understanding <laughs> the power yeah. of just your hands and the way you approach the choir. So if you have your hands like really up by your, you want to be quiet, but you bring your hands all the way up by the mouth and you're doing it small. It's like, you realize what you've done is constricted their vocal apparatus, but also you've pretty much disengaged the breathing apparatus. So when you heard a choir, he would be like, so what are you hearing? And is that match the conductor? He didn't say like, no, um, you don't want that. It was more like, did that conductor choose that tone? And I think that's what we're talking about, correct? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. I love that. Well, Mm -hmm. I also want to speak with you. Uh, quickly about your we could talk all day i know um about your um you did a video recently and um yeah it was so powerful to me that you talk about what happens when you kind of move up the ranks in an organization or yeah um or or even well it's two ways you move up the organization and suddenly you have a position and someone else who you'd been buddies with doesn't but you also talked about how there's this feeling certainly from entrepreneurs or managers or owners that we're equals and so we kind of expect something so could you just elaborate on without me stepping all over your words sure no that was great came from this was a discovery on my own and other people have mentioned it other ways this is how it came to me i was coaching a woman who was phenomenal she had moved up the ranks and she turned to me and she and i i mentioned her and i said you've got to be careful how you're mentioning that to this person she was talking about she goes oh come on she knows what i mean and we're just colleagues and everybody knows who i am and i went whoa you have moved up and she has not and your words are landing heavier than you realize that and she went what and i go remember from down below people look like they are higher up when you get to the top you feel like you see it as a flat situation even organizations that are trying to be flat aren't fully right we can't really be as much as we try and she went oh i've got to pay more attention to that fast forward to me being in my own business now i own it co-own the business i have a fabulous person who works for me half my age and she, I realized when I'm speaking with her, I'm thinking, we're colleagues, we own it, we're running a small business, she's amazing at what she does, she's running the front desk, she's doing all kinds of important things. I'm talking to her like we are co-runners of an organization and we're moving things forward. She sees me as the boss and older and speaks really quickly and all kinds of things <laughs> and can fire her if I want. Oh, I can't imagine what's going through her head. So the example I use is if I say, hey, where's that email? 
And I ask it thinking that we are on the same level playing field, that we are colleagues and quote unquote, same status and same power. She's not hearing it that way. So my words, the visual I have is my words go out of my mouth and I think she's at the same level as me. She's down below. So my words tumble out of my mouth and as they head towards her, they gain momentum and land splat with far more power than I anticipated on her. We call it the Alex effect. Being completely unaware, thinking in our hearts that we're being good people. Things are landing harshly on without us meaning to now if my co-owner i say where's that email to my co-owner it does not have the same heavy landing at all it's like hey where's that email really simple it comes with words comes with tone we worry so much about tone we worry so much about words and then we sometimes forget about the difference in our status the difference in our power and that is an element that no matter really how i shift my words and tone is going to shift the fact that she's feeling that she's at a different level than me. And it's not a bad thing. It's that I need to be aware and figure out, okay, am I going to ask a question? Is that it's a different tactic. It's not just a simple shift in words or tone. Well, does that make sense? I, I love that. And that's that I, this whole idea of yours is, is the same thing I, I would agree to, which is all a choice. I think the thing yeah. that's, um, you know, in the old days, it'd be like, we just put up with it. Right. right. You're just like right. my employee. Do what I say. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Well, with unemployment at three percent and yep. more importantly, with young people who have grown up um, in a different environment without yes. putting, a, you know, casting aspersions yeah. on them, um, we can shut them down without even knowing it. And the problem is that you you have to have a certain amount of, of, of verbal skills, don't you, Hillary, to be able to yeah. say that, to be able to say, hey, yes. Hillary, that hurt. Because what I yes. heard you say is, where the hell is the email? Like, it was my <laughs> fault to have it for you. I didn't right. know it was my fault. And, exactly. and you're like, well, but I didn't really say it. All I was like, I can't find that email. Right. And what's even, I think, what's even the insult to injury, and is it me as the boss, I'm trying to be buddy-buddy with you. So my attempt... <laughs> To treat you as an equal is even worse, right? Because I'm like, I treated you just like you were my buddy, my pal. And it's the it's having the opposite reaction, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, my gosh. And I think that's where a lot, I mean, we're always miscommunicating, right? Yeah. If we weren't miscommunicating, you and I wouldn't even have jobs. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we're working on this all the time. And this has been fascinating because heart in the right place, intention in the right place. Everything seems to be right. How come they're hearing me incorrectly? Right, right. And this was an explanation for these other factors that we don't even think about. And for me, that momentum that it gathers speed and weight as it, as it heads down was eye-opening for me as now, you know, being a boss and owning a business and all of this and being older Hey. <laughs> all these <laughs> hey <laughs> yeah You're gonna that meet. that aspect yeah right you know we're i mean it will start to go the other way right we're being older we'll have less impact so true. i have to grab it while it matters well we're all yeah. trying to figure it out i think that's the yeah. thing that is a little different in 2018 2019 that yes we have this understanding that we are trying to figure out it is a challenging time in, in no uncertain terms but you know, somewhere 20 years from now, people are going to be saying that was the good times. And, right. <laughs> and we think like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding? I mean, I remember my mom right. talked about seeing uh, people steal the gas out of their car during the Depression, and they had to dust it for prints to try to keep people away. I mean, there's a very different life we live yeah. 
than there. But the human aspect is what, to me, is the most interesting because I think it starts from being curious, isn't it? It's like, well, why did oh, I oh my say gosh. that? Or, or, or what? Isn't yes. that kind of it? So what tips could you give our um, <laughs> listeners today that might help them, like, here's how you may not be, maybe you're a little clueless. Here's some way to tell. Or when when you get that inkling, maybe look at a couple of things. Anything you can add on that would be great. Yes. And I'm going to emphasize the word curious. I written it down and then you said it. It was perfect. So remaining curious instead of getting, because our first instinct will go to defense without meaning to, we'll often go, well, I didn't mean that. And we'll start there versus going, oh, how did that, how did that end up landing that way? So being curious, being fascinated by the communication and what, so the tip that I often suggest to people is think about takeoff and landing and think about my intention is the takeoff and the landing is how you heard it and asking questions about it. If you're seeing a reaction going, whoa, whoa, I'm feeling like that didn't land as I anticipated. What did you hear me say? Asking questions, being open to it and recognizing that there are elements that we are not aware of that are impacting. We have tone, we have words, we have body language, remembering that's not enough. And to remember, do I have more power than this person? Are they giving me higher status? And then making sure that we are not what I call the toothpaste problem, which is we are not pretending to be open and we're not really. So we're squeezing it out and it's shooting out someplace you don't mean to, right? It's like, oh, right. So being aware that I'm not saying, oh, so why did you hear it that way? <laughs> that is really different than, oh my goodness, why did you hear it that way? Right? My tone Implied, you idiot. Yes, exactly. And implied, that's the implication, right? And what's really happening is I feel horrible and I'm beating myself up. And we had some crazy things in the voiceover world that we were aware of. If you were the engineer and you were recording me in the voiceover, in voiceover, you get three takes. It's all, I mean, who knows if it's there anymore? Because I still do voiceover, but now only for clients I've had forever. So the voiceover, if you have three takes, that's when, when you get to the fourth take, now you're wasting people's money. Mm. So then you start beating yourself up. You get three takes to take the direction and move on. If we're onto the fourth, fifth take, inside we're like oh my gosh i'm terrible i'm wasting money what's going on what happens is if that goes into my body if i'm thinking that inside it starts to ooze out in what i'm saying and i don't know what kind of you know audience you have here but in the recording booth we called it the flip off read so hang on let me tell you why the reason was the engineer you hear me getting mad at you and I'm only getting mad at myself. Mm. And when I get mad at myself, you are hearing the anger and assuming it's about you. So that what I'm saying is to be aware that the thoughts you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I offended my employee. I don't want them to leave. I really need them to stay. Please don't get mad at me. All of that can start coming out in your tone. It can come out defensively. Even though you're not thinking it's coming through in your body language, your words, you know, all that, it could be. So if I start to panic and get mad at myself for having upset you, uh, you may hear me as mad and upset and you assume it's at you. Yeah. So careful of the toothpaste ooze shooting out in ways you don't intend and what we fondly called in the voiceover world, the flip-off read. I like that. Oh, no. I know. Like careful. That. So, yeah. So recognizing we have to be transparent. We have to go, wow, I, d I didn't mean it to land that way. What's going on? Be curious and be intentional. And be aware because that's... Yeah, self-aware. Right. That's, that's what we call it. We call it sci-fi, right? Self-aware, 
curious and intentional for impact sci-fi <laughs> nice <laughs> nice nice <laughs> self-aware curious intentional so we are in this yeah. kind of a weird time uh you know when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or maybe you lost your focus temporarily what yeah. what do you do or what questions do you ask yourself as a self-aware person you know what, to come back what do you do to kind of like you know unfrazzle if that works yeah 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 and it uh, internally or externally to the person whatever you, which would you i think both, internally. yeah i think it's about you okay internally you. yep so the first thing is that i state what's going on with me internally i go wow i am feeling panic my heart's racing i'm feeling nervous like i internally do a scan of myself and acknowledge to myself what's going on and then Does that makes sense so you know is that weird like, and then really yeah so her. i know she's Treating me badly, yeah. even though that's what it feels like, even though all yeah. she did was ask for that email. Yes. And then I, we talk about, we train people in being transparent, removing the word because. So that would mean that, wow, I'm finding myself getting a little frustrated. Different than I'm finding myself getting a little frustrated because of what you said. The because <laughs> the minute you put the because, you're you're into a fight zone, right? So I just the want transparency. to share. I just have yeah. to add because of you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what happens is if you speak the transparency, we put story on everything. That's human beings, right? That's how we're designed. We are putting story on things to see whether something's safe or not. So we can't stop doing that. What the transparency does is it helps them recognize that we get what's going on. So if I say I'm getting frustrated, I want to make sure I'm clear about this. Then they go, oh, she is oozing icky mm. energy at me. I'm not making that up. And then we move past the story versus going, whoa, what's going on? I have a story going on. She's scaring me. And if I, if I pretend nothing's going on with me, then we're out of alignment. Yeah. We're, not, we're not experiencing the same thing. So transparency when we talk about transparency and communication, it's not about oversharing. I don't need to tell you my life and why I'm where I am and all that kind of thing. It is transparent about the fact that I understand that I am having this feeling and it might be showing up to you a certain way. Yeah. So transparency, first you have to scan your, you have to be self-aware enough and understand that being self-aware doesn't mean self-involved. It simply means aware yeah, just, and that it's and, okay to be aware. And always yeah. realizing what your, your, your space and what you're doing in the in yeah. the universe is at that very moment without getting too uh, esoteric but um, i think it's, yeah it's certainly the thing that i don't think i ever saw dealt with in retail before and you know we kind of tell people like anyone can work retail it's like not really because you've no. got to be able to like people before they like you and yeah. be able to i like to think the best salespeople, the best teams that i work with are able to open their heart and realize the party's in the aisle that it's like, I have something to learn from this person versus I need to get rid of this person and get your money or something like that. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. And I met this, I was working with a whole team of sales guys up in New York a couple months back and we were on a little bit of a break and one guy came over and he goes, can I ask you something? I said, of course. And he goes, people tell me I'm fake because I sit in a doctor's office and I communicate with each person in that waiting room differently. And I go, fake, that's the high skill of an excellent salesperson. You adjust your communication for each of those people, and it's an instinct for you. Some people never adjust, and they don't know how to communicate with people. Right. And it's not fake at all. You're excellent at that. So if what I'm hearing you say there was, 
yeah, being open and connecting to them. And I'm like, yeah. And the thing I don't think you even realize you may be doing, Bob, is you're slightly adjusting for every single person. Because highly skilled salespeople have that, that inside, I don't know, I was going to say barometer. I don't know what no, it is, I right? That sense that. of, I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, yeah. it, you know, the name of this podcast is Tell Me Something Good About Retail. And I honestly believe that, you know, most of the people who are higher functioning uh, came through the crucible of retail and yeah. maybe moved on to something else, entrepreneurs or something else. But what they learned is that it really is about somebody other than me and then yeah. held on to that curiosity, which is what I think we're, you know, we're talking about yep. here. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that instinct. And I do think, I do think some, some of you don't realize that you have an amazing ability that somewhere along the line, someone might've slammed it, right? That's common with high skills. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's a great gift. I have another sim connected to that is someone saying, someone mocks me for the fact they can tell when I'm talking to my mother on the phone. And I said, I should be able to tell if you're talking to your mother on the phone. You should talk to your mother differently on the phone than you do to other people. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. And so for you to reclaim your ability to read a situation and connect with people is fabulous. Well, that's a, yeah. Well, that's exactly gift. it. And you've been so generous with your time today, Hillary. I know you're out there in Colorado. And um, uh, how can they find out more about you and your wonderful programs? I would love to connect with people through the website, which we have is articulatrc.com, articulate and the RC stands for real and clear, right? So articulatrc.com is our website. Also on LinkedIn. I'm a big fan of connecting with people on LinkedIn. We have an articulate page, and we also have mine, Hillary Blair, and I'm Hillary with one L in Colorado. Wonderful. Well, yeah. you've been gracious with your time, and I'll have those links in the podcast as well. So thanks, Fabulous. thanks again for sharing your time and opening your heart to us today. Yay! Take care. Thanks, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Please share the love and tell your friends to subscribe as I engage retailers to share their tips for growing your retail business. Find out more about me at retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. While you're there, you can find a transcript of this podcast. You can send an email to me at bob at retaildoc.com to tell me what you thought of this episode. And or you can leave a comment and share your experience right here as it relates to what we were talking about today. Again, I hope you'll tune in for another episode and good selling.